This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. The Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig is the perfect start to set any holiday vibe. The Home Bar makes over 30 cocktails, brews, ciders, and more, all at the push of a button. From cosmopolitans to old fashions, each pod contains real ingredients and premium spirits. Insert the pod and let the Home Bar do the work. Go to drinkworks.com to order your Home Bar and see all available drinks. Drinkworks. Press play. Keurig is a registered trademark of Keurig Green Mountain, Inc., used under license. Please enjoy responsibly. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of July 30th. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by two guests, all right, um, a combo deal. Asad? What up? And Sahal? Yo, this is my first time coming on this weekly podcast. I've been ready for this site for a, for a, a year now. Yeah. Yo, this is some next conspiracy. You can go ahead, though, Will. Yeah, listen, the, the rule of this pod is uh, brown boys only, but... Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but um, nah, man, it's it's overdue. I I feel like you've been on before, right? At least one time. No, you do the reaction stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I gotta spread the touches around, but you know, that's a side right there. High usage, high usage on the podcast. Uh, there's a lot to talk about on on this week. Right. Uh, we got tons of questions. Uh, I'm gonna try to get to more than what we got to last week, but uh, let's start with this. All right, the topic that everyone is still talking about two weeks after the trade: Demar Derozan is big mad at Masai Ujiri, like big, big mad. Um, Asad, you've been um, more Demar friendly, I feel like, the most on the timeline, or at least on my timeline. So I'll just give it the floor. Like, do you think Demar's reacting appropriately to what's going on? Yeah. I think it's like totally fine. Like, what what do you what do you expect them to react? Like, I feel it's stupid that we like. It's like, oh no, not only are we going to trade you, but you have to react exactly the way we want you to react, or else it's wrong. Like, it's stupid as shit. I just don't understand it. Like, yo, have you worked in corporate think, America though? Like, because that that is really what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, but the thing is, it's stupid. People always say, oh, it's a business. It's a business. Is that how you cut people? Off. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's how you cut people off. But then if that's how you do business, then that's how you should be known that. That's how you do business. Like, let's not pretend that, oh, that the NBA isn't also a relationship league, right? Like, that these GM, like, so when GMs need to go get players to sign with them, then it's all about relationships and, oh, we have family and all this stuff, right? And that stuff matters. So then we also have to realize that if we're going to say that that stuff matters in the qualities of a GM, 
then. And it also should matter on the way out. Like, I think the Raptors are great as an organization. Like, the GMs have done a good job. But we've had a couple scenarios, of course, for different players at different levels, where on the way out, our, like, our care of that player, once they're no longer useful to us, we don't treat them well on the way out. Like, it's just kind of a quick cut, which, hey, if that's how you run an organization, that's fine. But I feel like you can critique that. So if you're a guy like Damar and you get paraded around the last five years as the franchise guy and you get put as the face of everything and you have to speak on behalf of the franchise on things like that, like, let's, it's, it's a two-way street. Damar obviously gets benefit from being the franchise guy for all those years, but the franchise also got benefit from Damar being who he was as the face of the franchise, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So I did think, I did think it's fair for Damar to feel like, okay, you're just gonna cut me off like that with no warning. And like, if, I don't think Damar's that, bold that he's just going to be straight up lying about no I asked him about a trade and he said no like DeMar said he asked him like two days before he asked him like am I being traded is there things being traded because there's rumors going around and he said that he got a no so I'm going to at least say I can at least believe DeMar 50% of the way that he probably heard something from them Right. And then when you get the story that Nick Nurse found out a day, like he knew a day before that the, they were going to pull the trigger on the Kawhi deal, then it's like, okay, now now we know like that part of the story is gone, which is like we we're like, well, you know, it's a quick business, like it probably turned around really quickly. I yeah. think you can cut that part of the story out. They didn't want to tell Demar. Mm. They made that decision, mm. so I think it's fair for Demar to feel slighted by that, mm. because I think there is something where it's like, man, I was the face of this franchise for nine years, and you could not even give me a courtesy call. If right. that's how you do business, okay, then that means there isn't a relationship here. Mm-hmm. So there doesn't need to be. And I think, like, people are like, oh, well, it keeps coming up. Well, people he keep keeps asking asked about, about it. it. That's the thing. Like, what do you want him to say? Just, like, not reply? And then if he not reply, then you hit him with the, oh, he's being ornery. He's not being, uh, you know. <laughs> no, we'll get the call out in a so, second. <laughs> so immature. Um. All right, yo, I, I feel like that's fair, and I feel like you know, to give context to what you were saying earlier, like when you were referencing other people on, you know, being salty on the way out. Dwayne Casey salty. He hasn't talked to Masai since getting fired. I don't really see a reason for those two to talk, but you know, he hasn't really said anything. Um, Dwayne Casey being salty is also pretty funny to me, but it is what it is. Um, you know, Patrick Patterson wasn't thrilled. Uh, who else? Lou Williams was upset. He won six man and uh, got no contract I don't, offer. I don't know if you guys saw it, but Demar Rosen's best friend. Um, on Instagram, absolutely trashed Toronto for what they did. Okay, yeah. what happened? What did he say? Oh, oh he it said, was some not safe for work type language. I can't okay. repeat that. It's a not safe for work podcast. I mean, it is, but you, I can, you I, got I can say it if Sahal doesn't want to. Uh, go ahead. Raptors, I'm probably going to paraphrase Sahal. I don't remember yeah, exactly yeah. what he said. But I think they said something along the lines that the Raptors basically traded him for a two-bit prostitute. Yeah. For one-night stand with a two-bit oh, prostitute. Oh, wow. Yeah. Something along those lines. Wow. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Then again, it's like, if that one night's in the playoffs, that's already more than the Mars, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how, what, what do you think? Do you think DeMar's making too much of this? No, not at all, man. And okay. I think um, a lot of, one thing that a lot of people don't talk about is that um, I guess Raptors fans that have been following this team for a while, mm. writers that have been covering this team for a while, um, their opinion, I think, holds more weight than other NBA fans around the league. And the reason why is because um, they just simply don't understand the Raptors franchise, and the Raptors franchise doesn't uh, franchise's history. Sorry, and the Raptors franchise's history mm. doesn't really correlate to other teams' NBA history. This is a fairly young franchise. Um, we had the Vince Carter saga. We had Chris Bosh leaving. 
um, this was the one time for the Raptors to really get it right mm. and to leave, uh, to allow DeMar DeRozan to leave on very good terms. And I think for them to mess that up, it's, it's something that was just pretty bad on uh, Masai and the front office's part. Mm. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, this is all going to wash over. I feel like you're going to rectify this. Yeah, DeMar, like you said, he's, he's not going to a Joe Blow team. He's not going to play with... You know, a bunch of random players. He's playing with Marcus Aldridge, Pau Gasol, and a bunch of other guys. So, I mean, it's it's not the worst case for Demar, but it definitely should have got handled in a different way. But I don't think that part matters. Like that part is separate. The fact Demar got traded to a good situation, the fact there was a good basketball trade, that part doesn't really matter because the real issue at hand is, all right, you're telling, you're trading me. How did you handle just that piece of it? Mm. Where it's like I am like you you parade me as a face of the franchise, and then you just cut ties. It's the difference between like. Showing up to work one day and seeing a letter on your desk saying, hey, like, pack up. Or, you know, being called into HR and getting a meeting. Yeah. No, but you know I, mean, I mean, I wasn't, I thought I wasn't absolving Toronto for, for Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I'm just, I'm just building on that. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, the fact that, like, he got traded as a great franchise and he's yeah. guest of work Popovich, that's great. But, it, like, for people to use that as being something to absolve the Raptors of, like, whatever, that part, I, like, that doesn't connect. Those are separate yeah. pieces of this trade. And if you want to look at, like, a comparative, um, and I know that this was more through free agency, but Memphis, they're also young franchise and they had this grit and grind era that they just had. Mm. Look at how they ended things with Tony Allen and Zach Randolph. Like they basically yeah. said, Oh, you're old. We're not going to pay you, mm-hmm. but they still did it in a way that basically they got to leave with respect. Those players got their respect at that point yeah. and they didn't feel disrespected on the yeah, way They retired out. their jerseys immediately, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is fine. Like we don't might not need to retire Demar's jersey, and no. Demar understands. Like not Demar right now, clearly said, like he loves he loves the fans, he loves everything. The only issue he has is with Masai. Yeah, and I think that's fair for him to have that issue. Mm. So like people are harping on him for like, oh, why is he still salty, man? Like you can allow the man to have beef with one dude and how he handled the relationship because Demar and Masai know better than any of us how that went on, and the fact that Masai had to apologize at all mm-hmm. means that he knows that that wasn't handled well. And I can understand Masai's in Kenya, and he's, like, hanging out with Obama. He's doing all these things. He's busy. Yeah. His trades happen in the background. Maybe he doesn't have time to make this extra call. He's like, ah, it'll be okay. Mm. Um, okay. Well, you know, there's controversy here, obviously. So the media is sort of, like, trying to harp on it as much as possible. Just expect that this question is going to be asked to every single Raptor nonstop all year. Um, until at least the two teams play, and then maybe there's some sort of resolution there. But... Uh, one guy that got asked about it was Kyle Lowry, um, at Team USA minicamp that was held in Las Vegas. Um, you know, pretty much the, the deal is if you want to play on Team USA, you got to come out to this minicamp. And it's not that serious. Like, you know, you can have excuses for injuries or whatever. But, um, yeah, Lowry was there. And, um, you know, Lowry won the gold medal with DeMar in 2016. And uh, Lowry was asked day one on Thursday. Lowry skips the media session, says, no worries, I'm just going to answer them tomorrow. And then on Friday... Larry's there, and Larry does the Larry thing, which is like he 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 gets really cute, and he tries to like, oh, what 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 team are you talking about? Oh, Kawhi Leonard, who who? Like, I, I don't know about this trade. I don't I don't know this. Um, anyway, you know the local media here, I feel like in Toronto, um, didn't really take nicely to that. I mean, generally speaking, if you don't play nice with the media, like people are gonna slam you a little bit. But um. I don't know. Sahal, do you, are you concerned about this? Do you feel like the Raptors need to, um, you know, talk to Lowry and sort of get him to buy in? Or do you feel like it's just Lowry being Lowry and trying to support his boy? No, nah, man, I think it's 
it's been overblown so much, man. Kyle Lowry's Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he has grown up. We've seen all the articles about he's grown up to be a leader for this franchise and um, how he was just a little, I guess, just a little piece of shit in Houston and Memphis, and he was giving coaches trouble. But, I mean, he's he's grown up, but he still has those, I guess you could say, mood swings where he just doesn't want to hear it from the media. And I think this was his time, um, personal time, where he – said, you know what, I could be spending it with my family, I could be on vacation, but I'm going to come to Team USA Basketball Minicamp, show up. He's one of the older guys there, so it definitely means a lot for the program for him to show up there. Um, and then he gets barraged with all these DeMar DeRozan questions. That's the last thing he really wants to talk about. That's the last thing I would want to talk about if I was Kyle Lowry. Um, I mean, he could have just no-commented his way through every question, but, I mean, it would have got probably twisted into something else, so... I mean, I mean, it was already did, so. Yeah, it really was a yeah, that was a That was a great interview he gave. Like, very <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> and, like, that's big Kyle Lowry for, like, last six, seven years. Like, that's exactly, like, how he's done all his interviews. This man is ornery. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know why people are kind of, like, shocked as to how he handled the whole situation. I mean, I, mean, like, I guess people get in their feelings because they're, they're doing their serious job, and Kyle Lowry's kind of like, hey, I'm answering your questions, but I'm going to yeah. do what I do. Mm. That's the thing. And hey, you know what? I, and they, I think the thing is it also reads worse than it actually plays out on audio. Right. Because you watch the video, and the best part is you're watching the video, you can see Michael Grange is right to the left of him, mm-hmm. and he's snickering at all of it. Yeah. No, that's the thing. classic right? Lowry. If you don't have context, right, just like the other thing was like what Tahal was saying with, with DeMar leaving, if you don't have context, like you're not familiar with the Raptors, you might be like, whoa, Kyle Lowry's super upset. It's like, man, yeah. Kyle Lowry does this on a regular. Like, Kyle Lowry will do this whenever. Like, remember when Kyle Lowry came in after the Super Bowl and, like, yep. it was like, he was, like, drunk as shit and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm only taking questions about the Super Bowl. It's like, bro, yeah. we have a game, bro. <laughs> You're a professional. I mean, you have to have a deeper understanding of this franchise and its yeah. players. Like, yeah. like, a lot of the casual NBA fans, even casual NBA writers, just don't understand right. how Kyle Lowry operates, how DeMar DeRozan operates, how mm-hmm. Ujir operates. Um, but, I mean, this is, this is him. This is Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Um, he is. He is an asshole at times, but no, all the time, bro, all the time. <laughs> I know, in a yeah, good exactly. way. I'd rather, but I'd rather him be consistent and just be mm-hmm. himself and what he is. And so. I think That's sometimes true. as fans, we get we get a little too like entitled. We're like, oh, we deserve these players telling us everything that's happening and all that. It's like, man, not really. Like, yo, Kyle has a personal relationship with Demar. If he feels like if he yeah. feels like hurt or whatever, or he has some feelings. He's probably gonna take that up in through internal routes. He doesn't have to play that out through the media or whatever. So it's like. Why, like, if he's not speaking on it, then he's not speaking on it. We don't actually deserve to hear it mm. by any means. Um, so, hey, it is what it is. And that was a funny interview. Also, shout out to ESPN real quick because the Raptors coverage this summer has been great. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It's wall to wall, baby. So much, so much <laughs> negative coverage, baby. It's great, great. How I dare you? I see the Raptors on the jump so often. Oh. <laughs> I tweeted this out like. Yeah, man. Like they did the they did a twenty five minute sit down with Demar Derozan, bro. They haven't shown twenty five minutes search, of Demar Derozan in nine years. Jump, you can search the jump Raptors on YouTube, and there will be two clips before this summer. Yeah. Oh, wasn't one of them? Uh, yeah, one of them was one of the greatest of all time. Stephen Jackson just ethering Demari Carroll. Remember that <laughs> last summer? It was like, yo, Demar, you're not good enough to talk, bro. <laughs> like one of them was. Stevie Jackson, E3, DeMar Carroll, and the other one was like Rachel Nichols giving us three minutes after we destroyed the Lakers saying, these guys deserve Paul Millsap. Make a trade. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go back to the Lowry thing, though. My, my only thing with that is, like, the concern is 
who was going to be sort of the vocal leader for this team um, for next season. And maybe that's not that much of an issue because there are a couple veterans in the locker room. You got CJ, you got Danny Green, you know, Kawhi. I guess he doesn't speak, but he'll lead by example. Um, and, I, you know, Nick Nurse seems pretty talkative and um, friendly with the media. I guess we'll talk about that too. But do you feel like if Kyle Lowry's the guy that's got to consistently answer for this team, um, that it might lead to some problems during the season? Because judging from his, like, quotes, um, I don't think he's going to come in unmotivated or whatever. Like, he's not going to come in and be a dumpling or whatever. He looked fine at, at Team USA. <laughs> um, but, like, <laughs> I'm Chinese. But, <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I mean, do you think that's going to be a problem? Like, who's going to speak for this team if not Kyle? Oh, man. Oh man! I'll uh, tell you uh, how Kyle is gonna speak. Um, you remember how? Uh, you remember Game Four after the Cle- at the Cleveland Game Four post game? Do you remember how many questions Kyle answered? What? No. Yeah, he didn't. It was him and Demar on 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 the oh, yeah. podium, mm. and uh, Demar answered all the questions in his yellow. Uh, oh yo, he showed up in an all despicable me outfit. I was I was disgusted. I was disgusted. <laughs> We're about to be eliminated, and you showed up all despicable me, bro. You're not going to Wonderland. He looks like a Wonderland giveaway. Like you can't. Ah, Demar, bro, come on. What's great is that Demar memory of the Cleveland series. Win the Wonderland go- giveaway because we've all seen how he did at the three point shootout. Where's the Bruno? And he literally got up that morning and said, "Like, I'm gonna pick the most unserious outfit." I can find. Yo, I think he probably went on Amazon Prime and ordered it like the night before, and just like said, like this series is just. I'm waving the white towel. Like this is it, bro. I would have preferred no, if he showed up in a Gildan white tee, Fruit of the Loom white tee. <laughs> That's fine. Fruit of the Loom white tee and like some so just your, your basketball shorts. That's it. That's better than Despicable <laughs> Me, man. God damn, that was great. <sighs> but yeah, in terms of a vocal leader, like I think it's gonna be a lot on Nick Nurse. Because, hey, Nick Nurse talks a lot. That guy talks he does. a lot. Good Lord. He's very happy to talk. So he's probably going to talk a lot. Most of the post-game stuff is probably going to be from him. Lowry might give you a line here or there. Kawhi, I have no clue. Uh, maybe he gives you, like, he, if anything, you're going to get, like, very standard answers from him anyways. Uh, and then I think it's really going to come down to whoever the, like, the bench guys who step up is, are. So whoever the rest of the starters end up being. True. Like, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe the media is a little bit better with OG. They know how to ask him questions now. You know, he's been starting to answer slightly longer sentences, up to like five words. Yeah. So if OG becomes the vocal leader of the team, that could be pretty cool. I feel like Pascal talks a lot. <laughs> Pascal, honestly, I mean, Pascal's one, just practicing English though, at this point, man. What, Shout out Pascal. His, his, his ESL progress is tremendous. It's one thing, Will, to just talk a lot, but like these guys have to like demand respect. Mm-hmm. And I think Kyle is... Is a guy that definitely demands respect, but he's so, I don't want to say emotionally unstable, but <laughs> he's emotionally unstable. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that's but just I think true. Like, like, In a good it, way. It's, like, a he's just... it's, a different, it's different between, like, okay, who's going to be the vocal leader to the media mm-hmm. versus yeah. who's actually going to be the vocal leader in the gym? Because like, even, yeah. like, you see the little open gym clips, like, Lowry talks. Yeah, when all it comes to his guys, mm-hmm. he talks all the time. So I don't think that's an issue. And, like... Also, like, we don't give Fred Van Vliet. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, Fred. One of the biggest things on Fred, Fred was, like, last year, he'd talk back to Kyle and DeMar all the time. So, That's like, why DeMar I, passed I, to him. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one time I've seen DeMar pass with the game on the line. Hey. Hey. No, just twice, man. He also hit Corey the year before. Oh, that's right. That's don't right. Talk, don't good, talk good trash call. about DeMar, man. Good call. Good call. Good call. Um, 
Okay, yeah. I don't think that's that big of an issue either. I also think that's one of the things that's going to sort itself out once these guys get to know each other a little bit during training camp and throughout what's the season. Sign, uh, what's his name? What's sign David West? Yo, I've been hearing this noise about David West, and, like, this man can't move. Like, he's worse than Scola at this point. Okay, chill, bro. He's, he's just woke, down, he's woke Scola at this point, which I, I'm, I'm down for. <laughs> I'm down for woke Scola. If you have him in, like, a minimal, minimal role, like, five to ten minutes a game, like, he does some things for you. Okay. Yeah, why not? Championship experience. Guy's a loud guy. He's literally probably going to be the only bruiser on the team that's willing to talk back to other guys. Oh, that's true. That's true, actually. Yeah, what's Jamal McGlure saying? Jamal <laughs> McGlure. Yo, Jamal McGlure, bro. You got you to gotta transition to big Jamal three. Jamal McGlure's literally all he's good for is just pre-game JV just getting up 100 hooks right over his head. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else he's good for, to be honest. No, I'm joking. I love this man's job is getting scored on by JV. Like does Gortat have a deal or not? Nah? Yeah, he does. He's with the Clippers. The, all the, any, yo, if you don't know where a player's playing, he's with the Clippers. Like, that team is just a full of random players. <laughs> like Patrick yo, Beverly? Oh, word. Uh, this is completely besides the point, but who's going to do our halftime interviews? Like, which assistant coach is it going to be? Because I know Jama's Ooh. back with the Raptors 905, so, and we lost the, I forgot his name, but he was with the Lakers for a bit. Oh, yeah, Jesse Mermis? Jesse Mermis, yeah. Guys, so I wonder who's... This guy seemed like Ratatouille come to life. I was going to be the Matumbo guy. Probably. Patrick Matumbo. Shout out Masai. Is he still man. here? I thought I read something. That he no, he's still here. Somewhere. No, he's still, still here. here. Okay. Yeah. No, no, there's some like random guy, like Nate Bjorken guy. Like I don't know. He he looks man, like knows? Rex Claymore, but Nurse, smaller. Nick Nurse might also do the the those interviews too, man. Yo Nick, yo, Nick Nurse gets paid like some of the like probably he's probably the lowest paid coach in the league right now. Yo, his contract. His is contract like, is like yo, it's like it's like minimum wage, man. Like, it, I mean, for, I mean, look, it's for coaches and whatever, but like ten million over three years is hilarious. To pay I mean, yo, we saw Dwayne Casey taking the train, the TTC train to games. Like, we might see literally Nick Nurse on like some next. Yeah, I don't I, even know. Nick Nurse gonna be walking to the game. Nurse taking my way, dog. Taking my way, taking the go bus transfer. He's really hoping for that go bus transfer thing to go through. <laughs> Man's gonna show up in like the second quarter of games, wondering. What <laughs> oh, oh, poor Nick, man. Damn, oh, Nick nurse is yeah. He's hoping that Vision Zero thing happened yeah. <laughs> so he can bike to work. Like, um, so you know how the Raptors had to take him and uh, Kawhi out of a room? Yeah. That was the next question. Nick was like, yo, so how are you getting to games, by the way? <laughs> Nick Nurse was like, yo, listen, can we carpool? Like, <laughs> yo, speaking of which. We can good, talk about it this the entire ride, man. Let's do it. Good transition, all right? A report comes out. Uh, not even a report. Um, a long story comes out that um, Nick Nurse had a extended conversation with um, Kawhi Leonard. So, that, I think this was last Friday when Masai did his press conference and stuff. Obviously, he was by himself. Later in the day, Kawhi and Danny Green showed up. They did their physicals. And part of what Kawhi did was he just sat down in a room with Nick Nurse to talk basketball for like 45 minutes. And honestly, I'm a little bit skeptical because it, it, it's like, you know, all you see on Twitter is like Greg Popovich showing DeMar how to play defense and like these new moves. People are like, whoa, yeah, yo. Pop's going to turn DeMar into this all-NBA, like, first team, like, defensive lockdown player, whatever. And then the Raptors are like, oh, oh yeah, we're, yeah, that's what's happening. Yo, Nick, go go out there and talk about how you, you know, got Kawhi to, to rap at you for 45 minutes. But Yo, quick quick point, just on Nick Nurse, he yeah. definitely looks like he's gang lying greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than side. <laughs> 
right. Well, um, yeah. First off, do you guys do you guys buy this idea that like Nick Nurse was like the Kawhi whisperer and got him to like talk nonstop for forty five minutes and quote light up like a Christmas tree and be, um, I don't know. Like, how do you guys feel about Nick Nurse at this point? Because so far, it seems like he's saying all the right things. He's saying, I and mean, we'll talk about more of what he said, but this Kawhi stuff seems very positive. And if Kawhi has a good relationship with Nick Nurse, um, that's half the battle. Yeah? What do you guys think? Y'all want to gas up Nick Nurse? Nobody? Honestly, man, Nick has been, like he said, like he said all the right things. Hasn't said anything extraordinarily, I guess, controversial. Mm-hmm. Um with regards to what he's what he was talking about with Kawhi, um, I think I read in the report that they were talking about some X's and O's. Uh, Kawhi was asking him, "How are you going to play me? What plays are we going to run?" Um, very vague questions, I guess. Um, but I mean, for a guy that's played basketball his whole life, like any other NBA player, Kawhi was just probably excited to talk basketball after taking such a long break last season. So, I mean, uh, this is a completely fresh start. Whether he thinks he's going to leave in the off season or not. Um, Honestly, it doesn't matter at this point. He knows he has to play. Um, and this isn't necessarily uh, a bad team he's playing with. Like, this is the Toronto Raptors, a 60-win team last season. Kyle Lowry and the gang. So, um, I mean, for 45 minutes, to say you were speaking to Kawhi for 45 minutes, I mean, I can believe you were speaking to him, but I just don't know if he was honestly speaking back. He was probably just nodding his head. and I mean, I don't know what else he was doing, but... Mm. Some people were saying Kawhi might have lit up like a Christmas tree. Wow. I knew you were going to come out with that. I knew. <laughs> I knew. October, baby. It's coming. It's coming. It's a big uh, big it's free agency selling point. Yeah. I think, I think yo, Nick Nurse probably, like, they probably did get along. I'm not sure. Hey, maybe maybe Kawhi didn't know that was the head coach of the Raptors. That's why he's <laughs> talking to him. It's 100% <laughs> possible. <laughs> Like, I swear, 25 minutes into the conversation, he thinks he's talking to the equipment manager. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, word, yo, you run the show here? Yeah. But no, looking you? at, like, the actual piece, some of the conversation they said, it was like Nick Nurse was talking to Kawhi. He's like, yeah, man, honestly, I could run you off, like, post-ups, pick and rolls. You could do all this. You can do all of it. And Kawhi was like, yeah, I can do all of it. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, okay, great. So, you know, you sucked up to Kawhi for 45 minutes. That's that's good. I think that's fine. I, I personally don't put too much stock in anything I hear about, oh, Kawhi's leaning towards Toronto. He's not leaning towards Toronto. It's, it's not going to matter. Him, man. He's been here one day. It doesn't really matter because even if he leaves, what does it really matter? I think that's probably the most boring conversation around the Raptors this entire season mm. will be whether Kawhi resigns or not. I think the more interesting stuff would be is, is he healthy to play, which it seems like he is. Yeah. And if he's playing, what can we do with that team? True. Because the thing is, like, Kawhi, if he decides to give his all this year, mm. there's everything set up. He could definitely make an MVP case easily for Strong him. MVP case. Like, Who's going to be for MVP, MVP man? Yo, the Raptors could legitimately win 60 games, and he's going to be the number one star. It's not like Kyle Lowry's going to split And, like, people say 60 games. Like, I don't see why they couldn't just with how the schedule okay. is and Ram the way the team's built don't say go it. for 65 wins. Like, we talk no, about the Raptors every year. 65? But like, it could easily be a 65-win team. Why not? Yeah. They won 59 last year with a worse team. And the East they were completely weaker. healthy last year, man. I mean, I'm not saying that this team's not going to be. Come on. Will, if Kawhi is at MVP level, like we're talking yeah, yeah. 2017 level, yeah. if Kyle Lowry replicates what he did last season. And like, we talk about, like, oh, we were completely healthy last year. We beat half the teams in the East with our bench. 
Yeah. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a like, fact. The, like, in terms of, like, analytically, like, as a team, like, our net rating was, like, a top-tier net rating. Like, both bench and starter unit, whatever, the bench unit being ridiculous. Um, and then you look at, okay, yeah, the Boston Celtics are probably going to be better this year. But we also know that their win-loss record last year was better than what their analytics were. And whether or not they play well, what other teams are in this conference that are really, really going to beat us? Nobody. At that high level. Nobody, like 65 man. wins means 17 losses. That's But that's nuts, man. There's, there's, come 17 on, losses. Come so, on, man. Yo, listen. Villanova's going to go to the Final Four. That's like at least three losses for the Raptors. Okay? Because Kyle Lowry's just going to show up Yo, and but, be hungover. What Eastern Conference team is taking a big jump this year? Like, I'm trying to think. Other than the 76ers, other than the Celtics, probably. Nobody. Like, this you only play 32 sucks, games man. against the West. You only play 32 games against the West, and we're probably mm-hmm. maybe the fourth best team in the West, maybe third. Yeah. Like, we're in that conversation of being maybe the third or fourth best team in the West. Why not? Yeah. So, yeah. like, in terms of losses that you're going to take, mm-hmm. out of those 32 games, you're probably going to lose maybe uh, 13. True. Yeah. Like, and that's the high end of losses. And on the flip side, it's like, all right, you take four losses in the East. I could probably count four losses in the East. And that might even out. Like, I think our record in the West has usually been about 60%. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and also, we forget that we get a benefit of playing in Toronto because when these Western Conference teams come here to play, they usually enjoy themselves. That's true. So we get a bump. Like, we've been outperforming our, like, our our win-loss record each year. So, like, 65 wins is, like, me personally, I have them at, like, that level. Mm. Like, we could very easily be a mid-60-win team if Kawhi's playing at the level that he should be playing at. And if you're at that level, then you're in the MVP conversation. Yeah, for sure. That, and that's, I think that's the best case. Like, Kawhi wins MVP, and the Raptors make the, the finals. Then I don't yeah. see how he and leaves. In that case, how would you leave? If he does walk, who cares? Bro, he can't leave at that point, man. No, but even if he does, why, why would he be like, all right, I got to go to the Clippers now? Like, what? Nah. No, no. If yeah, he that's MVP, also the other thing. Go to the finals, like, he's staying, period. I think, I think we don't, like, I don't think the media really has paid much attention to how bad that San Antonio situation was basketball-wise. That's what I was saying, man. Yo, like, I wrote all like, year that that team is passed. Yeah, play with a bunch of old dudes who were in the long-term contracts. And then... Also, the problem is, if you're a player and you sign that Supermax deal, your yeah. team can't make any moves at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So your best, your best way to get onto a better team with flexibility is through free agency. Mm-hmm. That's just how it's set up currently. So if you're a top-tier player, why the hell would you, A, sign that Supermax when you're going to probably make up that money if you keep taking short-term deals? And then, B, it's like, okay, what team do you have in front of me? Like... You're telling me that he was like, oh, Pop's going to leave in two years. I'm going to sign for five years on the max and play with Pau Gasol, Manu Ginobili's corpse, and... Yo, Manu Ginobili's probably still playing in five years, man. And Manu Ginobili's probably the best player out of those bunch. It's really sad, eh? It's a really sad team. That team was so bad. Yeah, and the thing with the Supermax is it's really only a temporary advantage because after you log ten years in the league, you you can sign with the Supermax. So, like, it doesn't... It's not that big of an advantage. He's already at seven years of service right now. Next season will be eight. If he signs like a one plus one to, or like a two plus one with Toronto next summer, it's like the best move for him financially. It's kind of the same thing that Paul George went through. Yeah. And also, like, which guys have signed for the Supermax so far? You've got Russell Westbrook. And John who Wall. Who was already in a, in, in a great basketball situation. And John Wall, who is oh, really and Harden. not that good of a player. Harden's the only one that makes sense. Yeah, Harden's the only one. But Harden also had a great basketball situation. Exactly. 
Like, yeah. you're talking about two guys who are in good basketball situations and then one dude who's just not that good and therefore will take that super max 100 million times. Like, John Wall literally counts his, like, teammates' money and yeah, gets John, over bro, it. Bro, John Wall, man. This guy's a straight-up asshole. I'm so happy he got roasted, man. like, probably the most annoying player in the NBA. Yo, you Like, dog, are you saying the Raptors are going to lose a game to the Wizards this season? We might. It happens once I every do. year, man. It does. Oh, Bradley Beal just burns us for like 40 points. That going to make it seven games. Actually, you know what? We yeah. always beat Dwight Howard, though, so I think I'm okay. Yeah. Like, the, like, the, Dwight like the one guy on their team who ran us to the ground, Martin Gortat, is gone. And Bradley Beal has to be in a locker room with both John Wall and Dwight Howard? I'm telling you, man. No, we're sticking. I, the, the difference is this year we're sticking uh, Hawaii and... Kawhi. Kawhi and OG, you know, Bradley <laughs> So those guys won't be able to breathe. Dog, like, so John Wall got locked up by Pascal Siakam. He's like the third or fourth best defender on our team now. Yo, yeah. nuts. it's nuts. I don't think I don't think it's really set in how nuts the defensive lineups on these teams are going to be when you yeah. can literally put a lineup with Kawhi, Danny Green, OG, and Pascal on the court. Yep, yep. And, and that's the thing about Kawhi. Four of those man. guys can... are just insane defenders. And like, that's the thing with Kawhi. He can carry the offense by himself. As an isolation player, he's insanely good. Plus, like, the rest of those guys can shoot. You know, in the case of Pascal, he can dribble and, and slash. Like, it's not so bad. Like, you could actually have a good offense while having, like, you know, quite possibly the best defense in the league. No biggie. No biggie. Yeah. Like, yeah. we really underestimate. Last year, we went into the season, and we had a whatever team, and we won 59 games. Yeah. Like, winning 59 games isn't, like, a small feat. By any means, even for like whatever team we had, there was a massive talent upgrade this summer. Yeah. Um, speaking of that talent upgrade, Nick Nurse also said that uh, he feels like he has six starters, and the people that he named was um, Kyle Lowry, obviously Kawhi, JV, Serge, OG, and Danny Green. So that's six people right there. He says he's going to rotate some of the things. One possibility he mentioned was bringing Serge off the bench. And splitting up the JV surge combo, which, you know, everyone writes about. It's just a combination that the Raptors were never quite sold on. Why they decide to give those two guys 40 combined million a year, I can't really explain. But still, they're not sold on that, which is good because no one likes that combo. Um, How do you guys feel like that gets resolved? Like, do you feel like they need to break up that combination um, in the front court? And also, do you feel like that could be a difficult sell one way or the other because I think at this point, to me, I think Serge and JV are both solid dudes. In the, like, I know we shit on Serge a lot, but he's a pretty, a pretty good soldier wherever he goes. And um, if you told him to like, come off the bench, like I think he'd buy it because like, he, he's already got the money. He's already making his – all he cares about is, you know, going on Snapchat and, you know, doing his thing. Like I mean, you got to also remember, Will, coming off the bench doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get 16 minutes a game. Exactly, right? He's going to carve out a pretty big piece out of the rotation. Especially the uh, last year's bench, like – all those guys played like over 20 minutes yeah exactly but for me I think personally my opinion on on the situation is that you roll out Serge Ibaka and JV with Kawhi and and Danny Green and Lowry you see how that works for about 10 games just like they did with Norman Powell right um, early in the season last year you see if it works out if it looks like a disaster front court wise um, you don't wait any longer there's still 72 more games remaining Um, you move on and you start Siakam, and you go from there, you bring off Ibaka as the backup five or whatever it may be. But I think initially you, you roll with Ibaka and JV, and I think you just see how that works out. 
Yeah, I think I think the one thing with Nick Nurse that we've seen like throughout in every conversation is that he's so open to just like there's no real roles, set roles. It's kind of like, yo, we're just going to play the best basketball, the best possible basketball lineups. So like the the benefit of having Serge and JV is when you play those stupid Eastern Conference teams that have these giant big dudes or like don't have that much talent or are rolling out these big guys, you put them both out there. But realistically, I think Serge is probably the guy going to the bench because we do know that Nick Nurse is JV Hive. Yo, he actually said, I'm on the JV train, which, yo, Nick, please, say JV Hives, all right? Come on, validate it, but come on. Anyway. Also, like, we know that, we know that, um, if they're gonna be running any type of pick and roll, they're gonna want, like, the better screener out there, and JV is by far the better screener. Um, so. Serge is not trying to injure his, like, 86 year old body, man. He's yeah. not. He's so not. I think like with Serge, and we've already seen in the playoffs, Serge was, came off the bench, and he didn't yeah, look surely by any chance about that. Sure, he played like garbage, but that is just who he is. <laughs> like I saw it, I just yeah, yeah he was no, he's so like, shameless. I love how shameless Serge is sometimes, man. Like let the man just have his cow tongue and just like enjoy his life in Toronto. The dude loves Toronto life, right? I don't think of he's course. complaining about the money he's receiving, the way his life is. Hey, you want me to come off the bench? Sure, why not? Yeah. I don't really care. What outfit do I get to wear to the game? Yeah. That's what matters. So like what percentage is my phone battery on? <laughs> That's really what he cares about. Yo, respect this man. Respect him. Yeah. Like I think the lineup that's probably gonna end up being the main starting line is probably going to be OG at the four. Mm. That's the feeling I get with like some of the conversations Nick Nurse has had about OG. Yeah, he said that and at, then, at summer league too. And then I think Serge is basically going to become the backup five, and it's going to be Serge or JV depending on the play, play situation. Yeah. Which is brought like that's how it should Dude. be. Like it's just going to be like, yo, we have ten NBA quality players on this team, plus Norm, plus Norm. So, you know, whoever shows up that day gets to play, and that's how it is. And I don't think it really needs to be too much more difficult than that. Yeah. No, this is a nice I mean, team, don't you, do you guys Do you guys not think OG um, starting him at the four is kind of a little too much stress for for a smaller guy, I guess, relative to that position? There's nothing have small about this man. Have you seen OG's thighs? That's, this man <laughs> like, is not He's small. very liberal about showing them to us. Yeah. That dude is not small by any means. Yeah, so I think he's I fine as a like, four man. Like, like if, if, we're, if we're like if we're letting Pascal play the four, I'm pretty sure OG yeah. can play the four. That's true. That's true. And then what happens when you go up against like um, let's say San Antonio for example, where's Aldridge and Gasol starting? Do you switch it yeah, up? You just, yeah, you just. I think that's think it matters because like what like even if you let them play big ball, like what they're gonna score ninety points in the game. We saw that with this year. Yo, bro, the Spurs were unwatchable this season without Kawhi Leonard. They were unwatchable. And now they have Demar. The thing is, I think even more unwatchable. We really (laughs) underrate. Like the fact of the matter is that no matter what lineup we put out there, Uh our point of attack defense is just so ridiculous. Like on the perimeter, like you can put when you have Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard switching at the point of attack, yeah, or Lowry and any of those guys switching at the point of attack. Because the thing is, when Lowry does switch with a player, usually they try to post that guy up, and Mm -hmm. that's a stupid thing because Lowry is one of the best point uh, point guard post defenders. Like he will. Like he, we seen him shut down Kevin Durant in the post. Mm. Like it's literally not that big of a deal. So I think we like that three man unit of Lowry, Kawhi, Danny Green, or FVV, um, Kawhi and Danny Green. Like the switchability at the point of attack there is going to blow up a lot of things for teams. Mm. Here's the thing. This is why I, how I explain it. Like you said earlier, we got ten NBA like solid 
solid players to put in the rotation. Of that, in that ten-man rotation, there's 1.5 minus defenders, and I say 0.5 because you know CJ's a minus defender. We don't have to worry about that. That's not hard to explain. CJ is the 1.5. No, CJ is the minus one, and then JV is like in some situations is a minus five. But honestly, he's improved so much and his rebound has gotten better that he's a 0.5. He's situational. Everyone else is a plus defender. Like every single player, you go through the roster. Kyle Lowry's a plus defender. Um, Danny Green's a plus defender. Kawhi's obviously a defensive player of the year, which doesn't get said as much, but the guy's literally two a three-time. Time, right? Two-time. Two-time. Easily could have been three-time. Um, uh, you know, Serge as a five, definitely a plus defender. Um, yeah, I don't want definitely, but I mean, still. OG, you plus know, defender. Pascal. Is a plus defender man. Yeah, exactly. Pascal's a plus defender. Oh, Fred's a plus defender. DeLon's a plus defender. It's, yo, it's wild. This team is. They just signed out. Uh, what's his name? Chris Boucher, who's, who's a freaking menace defensively. Yep. 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 So, no, I think the Raptors don't have any issues. And I think Nick Nurse going into the season being a little bit experimental is good because I think. Part of what Nick is doing is like he's sort of reacting to what Dwayne Casey sort of fell short in. And one of the things Dwayne Casey did fall short in was that he wasn't very flexible when it came to his lineups, right? So, um, coming Honestly, with the- Nick Nurse this year, every conversation, he's just been like, everything good in, that you see Raptors Twitter complaining about, he just says that. Yo, this man's and literally like, oh, in the real GM forums, seeing what people are complaining about <laughs> and then trying to present solutions. I respect him. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, we'll answer a whole bunch of these Twitter questions. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Still here with Assad and Sahal. We are taking your Twitter questions. As always, hit us up at Raptors Public. We have 30 questions. So to put that in perspective, we usually get like 10 questions. Um, it's the Sahal effect. But yeah, exactly. The cloud, the cloud is on uh, next level. So we're going to try to get to as many as possible. But realistically, I have to sleep soon and we're not going to get to 30. But we'll, we'll try to get to as many as possible. So first one from Blake. The God, ODC. Um, about to get banged on by a side two years in a row. Which Raptor would you describe as a quote hot basket of buttered bread? O M F G. Yo, um, Will, you I'm need to deliver the... some context from from that. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that um, yeah. For anyone out there, you you know, watch Kim's Convenience. We're in Canada, so it's free on CBC. Um, you know, great show, but uh, one of the one of the main act, one of the four main actors is my guy Sumu. Um, he's like this. He plays the son of this like family, um, and you know he got described as a hot basket of butter bread because you know this man's very fit and he's gonna be at the Raptors football tournament he's by the way. Very well. handsome man. Yeah. Very handsome man. Yeah. You may know him in a month um, as the guy who got you know <laughs> multiple. Multiple step back fadeaway jumpers hitting his eye. It's a damn shame what happened to Sumo. It's a damn shame. <laughs> but until then, yes, he's the Kim. He's from Kim's Convenience. Great show, True. hilarious. True. But yeah, you got called a hot, uh, hot basket of bread. Yeah. Or basket of hot bread. Hot yeah, basket hot of buttered bread. Buttered bread. Yeah. Oh, buttered bread. Oh yeah. yeah. Factual, factual, actual, wow, factual, man. real. Which Raptor? That's definitely uh, what's his name. That's definitely Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> <laughs> You're just calling Fred Van Lee the honey bunny, yo. Nah, man. Fred Van Lee looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy. It's okay. He does a little bit. 
Yeah. But no, it's probably Surge. It's like, Surge, man. It's Surge. Surge has yeah, literally Surge. carved abs. Like, he doesn't look like he's in great shape, but his abs, like, the dude's abs are perfectly cut. Like, he's a fitness model. Yeah, sliced bread. Done. Like, if you're not going with, if you're not going with Surge, because he might be aged bread, like, you might have a little bit too much culture in there. You know, you might maybe go with OG. The best before um, might just be rolled back on Surge a little, a little bit. Yeah, Surge Ibaka has got like the the fifty percent off tag right now on him. <laughs> He's like, yo, take him home tonight. You can have him for three dollars. <laughs> yeah, Surge. And then I guess I just want to shout out like Kawhi Leonard. He has very, uh, very well sculpted biceps. That guy. Mm. That dude has some biceps. Wow. That's specific, aside. Yo, look at the man's biceps. They're like ridiculously good biceps. Wow, someone's furiously searching his biceps, eh? Alright. Let's just move on. Let's move on. Uh, next one from, uh, Papinder. No, no, ask the question Vivek had right underneath that. Oh, yeah, Vivek asked, uh, which Raptors blogger would you most describe as a quote, hot basket of butter bread? Blake Murphy. (laughs) I'm dying at your I mean, I'm I'm gonna say Woodley, man. I mean, Woodley is what Woodley is buttered bread, like as a human. So, like, yeah, I don't see how anyone could dispute this. Oh my god! Shout out to Woodley. I met him at Big Three. Good guy. He is a good, good guy. guy. That's the first time you guys met. Yeah. Wow. Also, I found out some facts that were very disturbing when I met Woodley about the RR tournament. We'll get to that a little bit later. But why? Oh my god! What happened? Yeah. Alright, well, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll chat. Alright, yeah, so right, next one from Bipitner. Um, do you think Kyle Iroh asked for a trade? <laughs> <laughs> Why? He's Come gonna on. play with Kawhi Leonard, man. He's not gonna ask for a trade. Relax. Why would he, like, there's no need for him First off, no one's gonna be trading for this man's $30 million contract. Nobody. People, the like, I need to make this clear paid. right now. People, he has to do less than ever. Yo, people need to understand DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are best friends, but these guys aren't, like, soulmates. These Yo, guys aren't married. Bro. They don't have children together. When they, they traded Rudy Gay guys, to like, Sacramento, Rudy Gay was literally, like, Kyle Lowry was Rudy Gay's uh, son's godfather. All right? Crazy. They traded him to Sacramento. It's not like Kyle Lowry was like, yo, yo, send me, to, send me out there. No. That was not a also, like, what about Kyle Lowry has ever made us think that he gives a goddamn about anything? Nah, he just wants to get paid, that's it. And, yeah, not, and like then not perform in the playoffs. He's paid, he goes to the Super Bowl when he needs to. <laughs> Yo, he just straight up goes to... Nah, I respect him, man, come on. Shout out to the Eagles. I respect him. Team. Like, yo, he treats he treats the NBA like a job. It's a 9-to-5 job. I'm off hours, I'm doing whatever I want. I respect yeah. that so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the guy who takes a two-week vacation, gets married in silence, comes back, and when people ask him what he did on vacation, he's like, "Ah, oh, nothing." Yeah. And then he just brings his wife to like a fam, like a corporate event four years later. And it's like, "Oh crap, you're married?" Yeah, man. Mm. It's a job, man. Let him be. Um, a couple of these questions we've already skipped over. We've already touched on. Ah. Uh. Trades, Josh asks, trades, 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 I want more trades. Do, do I have anything else to look forward to in terms of trades? I feel like the Raptors could probably make another move, maybe to address the front court a little bit, but I don't yeah, know if like they need to do that with trade. Yeah. But, I mean, really yo, Norm, yo hey, though. man, listen, Norm's mom is best friends with Kawhi's mom. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to sell Kawhi in the city, this isn't like a greatest Vasquez Kevin Durant situation, all right? The men's already here, so. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. I'm also like, I don't want to trade Norm for just nothing, man. Like, yo, if you got to pay the luxury tax, like with Kawhi Leonard on your team, like maybe do that. This like, probably is the year to do it, to be honest. Yeah, like, like bro, what are you talking about, man? If you got to talk about, it, you're gonna go to the finals. Like, what what finals team is not gonna pay the luxury tax? Like, also, like MLSC is gonna be like baking this year, anyways. Like, yo, like, we should go to the playoffs, dog. We don't like. Why can't bro, we not the pay the luxury tickets? Tax? Are gonna be absolutely insane. If you guys have been following Toronto FC recently, they've been on a pretty good run. They look like they're headed for the playoffs. I mean, MLSC is, like, on a pretty – yeah. They sh- they're going to be pretty comfortable. Yeah, like, like have you looked at your Bell phone, Bell or Rogers phone bill recently? Like, oh, it's nasty, man. Exactly. They're, they're fine. They can pay the luxury tax. They really don't care. I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. I think the bigger issue was Masai trying to be like – Masai saying, I have, I can go in the luxury tax whenever I want. It just matters on if I have the team. And he's like, do I really want to do it with DeMar DeRozan? Mm. All right. Next one from Bert Nell. Didn't know that was a name. Kind of swaggy, to be honest. Is uh, is Greg Monroe the perfect backup? A backup's role is to change the game in some way, and he is completely different from the bigs we currently have on the team. So there's a report out there. I think it was from Lewenberg. The Raptors had some uh, interest in Monroe as their you know, backup center. They could use another big. What do you all think about Greg Monroe? I like it. I think we could use some more bulk on our team, to be honest. Like, one bulky dude. Okay. Outside of just JV. Yeah. So, like, he's going to be a bench guy anyways. He's probably not going to play most of the season, and he's going to be, like, a situational guy. So, that's what you get in with your 15th man, so why not? Like, I think it works. Like, when you have to play, like, the Marcus Morrises of the world or whatever and say they're cooking you, I don't know how they would be, but like, you throw out that big bulky dude that can, like, like, if you're playing against the Nets and you got to take on Jaleel Okafor or something, do you really want to waste Serge Ibaka's, like, limited legs on that guy? It'd be nice to have, you know, one of these random bigs to come in. Also, you know, he looks like he could probably give a hard foul or two, so. We need one of those guys. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. For Greg Monroe, it's like, I'm looking, he, he averaged 19 minutes a game with the Celtics last year, so. It's kind of a I minus. Kind of. Yeah, I guess he was kind of okay with having a reserve role, mm-hmm. uh, maybe as like the eighth or ninth man on the team. But I mean, I just don't know if there's enough room in the rotation for him in terms of like for a role that he would want. Mm-hmm. You also got to think of it, think of it from his perspective. I just don't think that he believes he's at the point in his career where he's a 15 minute, 10 minute guy. Mm-hmm. On an NBA court. I don't even know if he'd get 10 to 15 minutes, honestly. That's what he I'm saying. Yeah, though. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't even think there's room for that. Like, I really, mean, it's just like, just give me David West. Forget it. Give me a guy who's not gonna want minutes. West. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's gonna be eating his his, his porridge at halftime. Yo, that man is on a strict old man diet. Yo, he doesn't want to bite anything. Doesn't want to. Yo, shoot. what's Al Jefferson saying? Yo, I don't want Al Jefferson. Are you kidding me? How many people on yeah, this team do you want to be on that weed? All right, come on, man. It's ridiculous. Yo, but Al Jefferson ridiculous. loves Popeyes, man. I remember yeah, Al I can tell. No, he's yo, bro. Popeyes. He's literally playing for the Xinjiang Flying Tigers. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> he's probably averaging 40 and 40, to be honest. Yeah, probably, yo. But like, that's it. That's he can just chill out there. All right, he can chill out there. Yeah, um, honestly, really, that spot was Vince Carter's spot, and the fact that we didn't get him. Kind oh of yeah. Yo, Vince just doesn't want to come home, man. Vince just wants to play for every the worst franchises ever, like Memphis, Sacramento. Vince <laughs> just wants playing time, honestly. Like, he's just like, yo, get me a check and playing time. I don't really care. That's true. You know what? I respect Atlanta's Vince. probably a good place to get a check. Well, I, I mean, I think Vince is only in Atlanta so he could do NBA TV as much as possible. 
Like, I'm serious, man. Legit. That, no, that's yo, what actually... He's not on the starters, like, every week. Yeah. Because, yo, he's actually really good on TV. He's good. I think Vince is really trying to set himself up for, like, you know what I mean? For a post-career job. I don't nah, know he's, if it's... He's got to get that inside stuff role. Because Grant Hill's kind of done his time. You know? Grant Hill is just... Nah, Grant Hill but is... no, Vince is like legitimately good at TV. Like when he does the jump, he's already better. Like he's better than T Mac on that show, and T Mac's been doing it for two years. And T Mac's not bad. It's only good when he had those oversized suits. I swear, when he started wearing those, Bro. those fitted? actual fitted suits, like he just his yeah. talent level on the screen just went down. Yeah, yeah, and he got his hair done, and he got the glasses, nice shade. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, nah, I don't think it's working, T Mac. Uh, next one from XG. Um, would you consider this the most important offseason in Raptors history? In which case, I would say yes. I don't really see how what's, what's most close in, to most this. important. I don't know if it's the most important. What do you mean? Like it might be the most impactful, like the most meaningful, but it wasn't like the most important. It wasn't like going into this offseason. I was like, oh my god, there's so much on the line. Okay, I think he's just phrasing the question for right? because like, what's an yeah. important offseason, right? Like, like, like I think it's probably, the, Chris it's, probably the, it's probably the biggest offseason we've had. Yeah, it's the far. biggest offseason I think. It's the biggest offseason. Yeah, I think like maybe next year might be the more important one. That's true. Good point. You know what? Right. That's a good point. Next like, season should be the next right. year. Next year's next year's offseason is basically gonna give the referendum is like do. Do, can the Raptors, can Toronto be sold as an NBA city or not to yeah. big name guys? That's, that's what it's going to come down like, to. Can you like re-sign Kawhi, but can you bring another guy on board potentially? Yeah. Mm. Because really, like, it's like you already have you have a winning team, you have a fan base that actually cares about the team now. Like, there's legitimately a Raptor fan base, and the city is booming. Like, it's a top tier city. If you can't sell an NBA player on this now, then maybe it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's really like. It, everything's kind of set up for you to make that pitch. So let's see if it happens. I think this upcoming offseason is going to be by far the biggest one in terms of what it means for the Raptors franchise. But That's fair. Because <clears throat> yeah. if they can convince Kawhi to stay after only one year in the city, it's, I mean, like the Kyle and DeMar things, it's like whatever, right? Kyle wasn't nearly that big of a deal. And DeMar, you know, he had pretty much to play already two contracts here before he signed the third one. <clears throat> Kawhi is different. Kawhi really is different. You really got to sell him really quickly, and that's tough. But, yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. All right, next one. The Vince asks, if you're Masai, do you regret firing Casey if you knew you were going to get Kawhi? Hell he no. Kawhi. So, um. Yo, Nick Nurse is the Kawhi whisperer, man. Also, I like, that, yo, sorry, can we be... I thought he said, okay, I read that wrong. Or I listened to that wrong. Um, can we be honest? Like, yeah. Like, does anybody feel bad about firing Casey at all? No. No. Like, it was, like, sad for a day because, yeah, okay, era over, blah, blah. But it's, like, it's pretty clear that that was the move. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good yeah, coach, I, but, like. Because, like, it's not like, I mean, the guy's still the best coach in the franchise's history. You know, he broke every record he could almost break. I but mean, that's not your championship winning coach. He's the DeMar DeRozan exactly. coaches, baby. Yeah, honestly. He did what he had to do. He couldn't get over that hump. He got more than enough chances from Sayajiri. Yeah. Though, to be fair, it does suck for... Like, Dwayne Casey got to be so pissed. He's like, man, you gave me five years of trying to make DeMar DeRozan <laughs> work in the playoffs defensively, and as soon as I leave, you give this guy freaking Kawhi? All I asked for like, a goddamn small forward who could guard LeBron. And you gave me Dabari Carroll, 
PJ Tucker, <laughs> yeah, and tomorrow. I straight up would have rather had Danny Green over all those guys. Like, yo, I'm sure Dwayne Casey saw that and just, like, threw his phone in the air. He's like, yo. Dwayne must be so mad. If you were to ask me, Casey, like, a year ago, when, like, when Kawhi was last healthy, like, if there was one player in the league you would want, he'd probably, I, like, if he wouldn't say LeBron James, honestly, it'd probably be Kawhi Leonard. Because, mm-hmm. like, Kawhi Leonard embodies what Dwayne Casey's all about. So, um, I mean, it is sad, but it is what it is. Masai probably has absolutely no regrets. Uh, the only regret he has is probably how he handled the DeRozan situation. And so, no, I don't think Masai cares. Masai doesn't look like a guy who gives a goddamn. Yo, Will, speaking Masai, of the DeRozan thing, or the no, he really doesn't care. He's like, oh, you feelings are hurt. I really don't care. Yo, speaking of which, yeah, at this point, he's like, get over it. Yo, Demar, like, I respect you and everything. But the fact that DeMar pulled out of that charity game, like the fact that he's not going to play in the NBA Africa game because he got traded, that's weak to me, man. That's really weak. If you're going to commit to a charity thing, like, please come through, all right? It's not about you. Yeah. It's about the it, – like, what, what you're saying is it's about me and my feelings. It's not about the cause that I'm going for, and that's weak to me, man. Yeah. Oh, okay, that – I can I can see half of it being that. Some people are like, oh, maybe it's because of the – um. Like he he does have to move he to, to get acclimated, whatever, right? He has to get acclimated. He only has a month. Bro, this man, all and he has to do is call two men in a truck and just move to San Antonio. It's not like he needs he's moving those boxes himself. Like it's two, know, it's good, like it's, it's, it's gonna be it's, two, it's August fourth. It's gonna be like two weeks, four weeks of what have been passed. Yeah, right? and I it's don't like, know. It's just like a trip, is, yo, man. Yo, you got to do a lot. You got to change. You got to get your driver's license changes. All that stuff changes. There, like I, I what do you mean? He's already in the states. He doesn't have to change anything. You tell me he doesn't have a U.S. license? He, he's <laughs> that's renewed. I don't know, man. He goes there I, every summer. You, you man, know the, the thing is, like, yo, like the guy also has kids and stuff, right? Like, there's probably stuff yeah. he has to get set up, right? No, I can sure. understand if he has stuff to set up. I'm sure part of it is also he doesn't want to see Masai. I can understand. I think that. that's the main part of it. So that's probably the main part. The one thing I did see that people were saying is like, well, if he why he can dip out of the charity game, but he's still going to go to this USA camp. Well, one, it's like, well... Bro, the USA camp is in America. <laughs> it's yeah, not it's in, in South Africa, which is very also, far away. Also, the USA camp is run by his future coach, mm-hmm. so it's part of getting acclimated. Also, he's probably a fringe USA basketball player. He's not going to make the team, man. Also, yo, so, Kyle Lowry, why are you at this camp? <laughs> you, you at 30, 35 years old is going to make the USA? <laughs> hey, Mike, who knows? No, nah, he's not. Come on. Now, you, Kyle Lowry... Wanted to have a good time. Sense. Those those yeah. USA basketball guys had a great time. Yo, what was the shoot. reason Lowry made the last team? Was it like... Nah, because no, everyone pulled out of that game. Run. Remember, Steph pulled out of that game. I think CP pulled out of that game, too. And I think and it was a, even no, Dame said no. It was so. a good... Oh, yeah, well, Dame said no because they never bring up. Was <laughs> oh, yeah, John Wall was, was hurt. Like, nah, I'm not going to do it now. Also, to be honest, it was actually... Lowry being there was actually a big help for them because he was the only one there. Yeah. Bro, Lowry showed up and he just played the Marcus Smart role and he was pretty good at it. Yeah, he was their only point guard because the other point guard on the team was Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And they're like, oh crap, this doesn't work. And then the offense just ran better when they had a guy who could pass the ball. Yeah, that was low-key a pretty weak team in terms of just like usual NBA. Like uh, They struggled a couple games. I was like, well, what the hell Yeah, they struggled with like Australia. I mean, it was weird. But like, yeah, Kyle played well in the playoffs. Brothels might or, be great, but... Also, shout out to Demar for going to that thing and then just never come off the bench. It's like him and Harrison Barnes just like, like <laughs> nailed to the bench at all times. And then whenever Demar will come in, he will try to do like three sixty dunks against like Chinese people. Like, 
That's that's when I turn on tomorrow. I'm not gonna. And also shout out to the <laughs> shout out to Dwayne Casey saying after all that, it's like, you know, I saw Demar Demar let the cat out of the bag. I saw him playing hard defense for Team USA. He's gonna have to play that. It's like, dude, when he played eight minutes, he was <laughs> guarding me out there in the Olympics, man. Yo, relax. Need receipts, Dwayne. <laughs> yo, no, yo. no, man. Um. All right, let's take like two more and let's wrap this up. A lot of questions about Ibaka. I don't care about Ibaka that much, to be honest. Yo, we could take more, man. It's the summer, man. Be I gotta go. To, I want to go to sleep. I gotta edit this thing. I gotta put up the post. Like it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Oh man. Uh. Okay. What about this one from Boris? If Masai is aiming to fill one more niche with a role player, what type of player, uh, or you know, which player would it be? Go ahead, Asad. Oh, man, I really don't have a thought on this. It, I thought it would just be like, yo, just give me a, like a Raptor, previous Raptor, bring him home. Mm. In terms of like basketball, like okay, you probably need a backup big. That's about it. Just get yeah. a backup big in case somebody goes down. That's it. And that's probably it. Like really, it's a, it's a useless spot. So. Do whatever you can with the minimum. What kind of backup big you, you're trying to get? Like, you're trying to get, like, the stock athletic, Yo, athletic big that rebounds? What's his name back? Bring Bebe back. I don't want yeah, Bebe back. you should bring Bebe back, honestly. Bebe without Bruno is kind of sad, to be honest. Yeah, but, like, yeah, it's some fun. Just let Bebe go to Europe and, like, have fun, man. Come on. Do you feel like yeah, Bebe's an NBA player? For the Hawks, sure. Everyone's an NBA player for the Hawks, man. Okay. The best players are young. There are a lot of teams that are a lot of teams that could play Baby Noguera on their team. Like yo, the Chicago Bulls literally employ um, what's his name? Oh, Felicio. Felicio. Uh, Marcelo Menezes. (laughs) Yo, I have a question. How did that guy? What was the contract Felicio got? got Yo, he got thirty-two million. Thirty-two million or something? Yep. Yep. What the hell? Yo, that man has feet for hands. What's going on? I can, cannot catch a basketball. It's it's kind of sad. Who was that D League uh, center that the Raptors had that went to the Cavs? Oh, Eddie Eddie Tavares. Yeah, that dude's better than Felicio. Yeah, yeah. The Raptors really cornered the market. Eh? They really just like took all the tall people from Brazil and, and put them on the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously, man. That's really was besides draft strategy. Like, all Masai does when he looks at all the prospects is like sort by GDP per capita and like you know puts it in reverse order and then just gets the tallest players. Alright. Um thanks to uh both Sahal and Asafi coming on the podcast. I think this uh, does it for questions. Um the rest of the questions I think we've probably covered it in the podcast. If not, I'll try to double back on Twitter. But um Sahal work where, where can people find you and your work? Um I'm on SABD twenty eight on Twitter. Um I did a few cool things this month, Sportsnet a couple of times. Um, I was on Hoop Magazine's roundtable. But, I mean, if you're just looking for a pretty cool guy to follow, it's at B28. Out here with media credentials at the Crown League. I see. Oh, yeah, man. That was incredible. Yeah. Aside. Find you, Aside. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. That's why they just... That's about it. I just I am not a breaking news source for Raptors news. I am literally an accountant. I am a full time accountant. Wow. Wow. You so, sound like Tom Havisar uh, out here. Not a news breaker. <laughs> just wanted to remind you. You are a very good follow. 
on Twitter though. It's okay. I got people asking me, it's like, yo, what are, what are the Raptors doing? <laughs> I don't know. That's what happens when you get clout, man. All right, that does it for the podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks everyone for listening. Support the show. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.